Hi guys and welcome back to another true crime and makeup time video. If you're new here, my name is Zara and I post a new true crime video every single week. So if you love makeup and you love true crime, go ahead and definitely hit that subscribe button. It would mean so much to me guys. And if you have any cool case suggestions, definitely leave them in the comments down below. Today's case was requested by Amy Thompson. So thank you so much. But this case is very upsetting. I mean, all of my cases are really. But this one involves the disappearance of a sweet baby girl, 20 months old. Her name is Ayla Bell Reynolds. And this case actually turned out to be the largest criminal investigation in Maine's history and the third largest um, search for a missing child in the state's history, I believe. Ayla's mother is still fighting for her baby's justice 10 years later, and her father is evading responsibility. Now, this case has a lot of detailed information. Sometimes it's conflicting. So I just want to keep this video straight to the kind of facts that we know the alleged facts. And yeah, let's get into today's case. Trista Reynolds and Justin Pietro, they were in their early 20s when they conceived Ayla Bell Reynolds. And she was born on April 4th, 2010. Though Justin and Trista had actually known each other for most of their lives, it was this brief romance in 2010 that resulted in Ayla's birth. They were dating, you know, unofficially probably, but when Ayla was born, Trista claimed that Justin just denied that Ayla was his daughter and he wanted nothing to do with the baby until a paternity test determined that Justin was in fact the father. And it was actually Justin's mother who told Justin like, look, man up and just take responsibility for this child that you brought into the world. Trista says, I guess you can say we were friends who had a child together. In December, 2010, Justin was ordered by CPS to pay um, back child support. Trista had her own struggles in life and she would move in with her parents in Portland, Maine. Justin would occasionally see Ayla, but not often. Justin wasn't always uh, present in Ayla's infant days, but they did technically share custody. Ayla spent most of her time with obviously her mother, Trista, even though um, Trista shared custody with Justin, because, but it wasn't a formal custody agreement. It was more just like a verbal agreement between the two of them. In fact, it wasn't until like 2011 after Ayla turned one that Justin actually began to take, like come and see Ayla properly for visits. It was more so like high and by before, but now after she was one, it was more like real visits. Justin lived an hour and a half away in Waterville, but the visits he had with Ayla during this time were just brief visits. They were daytime visits and nothing was overnight. Now, Trista said that when Ayla began going and spending time with Justin, uh, during these day visits, sometimes she would come home with bruises. And when, you know, she would ask Justin, like, how did this happen to Ayla? He would just shrug it off most of the time and really have no explanation for it. Sometimes he would come up with like all these different stories, but most of the time he kind of was very like, she's a kid. One day Ayla returns with like this significant bruising up her entire leg. And Trista was like, Justin, what the hell is this? Like, this is serious. And he said, you know, Ayla and her cousin like to play on the slide and slide up and down the stairs. And she could have gotten um, this bruise playing that way. Then for the leg incident, the bruises up the leg, 
he said, oh, we were at Chuck E. Cheese and, you know, Ayla was in the ball pit and there was a kid in the ball pit just constantly kicking her. Trista said the problem was the Chuck E. Cheese that he claimed that they were at never had a ball pit in it. And also, if a kid is kicking your kid, don't you intervene? Don't you do something about it? Do you just let the kid kick your kid? Apparently, Ayla, she actually developed problems on this leg and she was having difficulty walking on it, so much so that Trista and her father, Robert, Ayla's grandfather, had to take her to the doctor for it. Trista was always suspicious of Justin's stories, always. But I'm not sure why she kept sending Ayla then, you know, like if you have the vibe that something isn't right, something probably isn't right. And I don't know, I think a lot of the times parents just do this so that they don't want to get into conflict with the other parent, you know, but... Yeah, it kind of sucks that the child has to suffer. But I think more often than not, like we as mothers should just follow our intuition. It's usually right. Sometimes you just get a bad feeling and you just know. You just know you're right. So by this time, Trista had already given birth to another child. And this baby's name was Raymond Fortier Jr. And she was actually in a relationship with this child's father, Raymond Fortier Sr., so at this time, there were two children in Trista's care, Ayla and Raymond. Now, Trista was known to be a loving mom. She, you know, really looked after her children. She allegedly did a good job. But around this time, an old demon of hers resurfaced. And this was shortly after Ayla's first birthday. So Trista decided to go to rehab for substance abuse. It was in October of 2011. And she decided to finally face this problem head on. She voluntarily entered treatment so she could get help and be the best mom for her son and for Ayla. Now, before entering this rehab program, she enlisted the help of her sister, uh, Jessica, to take care of Ayla during this time. And Trista's mother would also help Jessica with Ayla's care. In 2011, it was also noted that Justin had begun becoming late on his child support payments. So somehow this plan for Trista's sister Jessica to take care of Ayla and Trista's mother to take care of Ayla while Trista was in this rehab program ended up like flipping on its head when one day DHS comes knocking on Jessica's door. DHS was accompanied by the police and they tell Jessica that they're here to take Ayla and give her to her biological father. They also tell her that now Justin was going to have sole custody of Ayla. He had never had custody before, which was crazy to Jessica because Justin had never really even had Ayla in his care or did he care to have Ayla in his care before. What had happened was that Justin and his mother or his family had apparently gone to DHS, at DHS after they found out that Trista was in rehab they pleaded their case to them, claiming that Ayla was supposed to be in, the, in their care, even though there was no formal arrangement at the time. They also claimed that Trista was not a fit parent if she was going to, you know, rehab for substance abuse. I mean, she's literally going for like a 10-day or two-week treatment. That's unfit. I feel like she was seeking help, if anything, that shows that she's trying to be a fit parent. And I mean, if a dad was going to rehab treatment and stuff which we've heard of before how come that's not an issue like it's insane so jessica calls her dad ronald i think i called him robert before i meant ronald 
she calls her dad Ronald and she's like dad like they're trying to take Ayla away I don't know what to do so Ron then speaks like comes and speaks to the police officer and the police officer basically tells him like look I, I also don't want to do this but like I have no choice so according to Jessica when DSA, DHS, DHS came to take Ayla and give her to Justin. Ayla was happy. She was laughing. She was playing. And she was actually playing with the police officer that had accompanied the DSH, DHS worker. And yeah, Ayla was like laughing, playing. But as soon as Justin enters the home for the transfer, Ayla loses it. She's distraught. She tries to like leave the room. She's hysterically crying. I think she even like bit the police officer or something like that. And I'm like, DHS, why aren't you looking at this and taking this into account? Like sometimes, I know all the time it's not true. Kids can just be upset sometimes, but like sometimes you got to look at a situation and really look at it. So now without a home visit, Ayla was removed from Jessica's care and instead placed in the care of her biological father, Justin, together with his mother, Phoebe, and his sister, Alicia. And the two of them lived with Justin the Justin at the time and so that's why technically you know Ayla wasn't all of their care. A home visit now normally is standard procedure but for some reason this was skipped in this instant. Tristan and her family claim there was never a home visit done onto Justin's home to even see if he had a fit enough place for a baby to live. They claimed that the woman from DHS who took Ayla and placed her in Justin's care, her name was Karen Smalls, that she was actually a relative of Justin's mother Phoebe. Now all of this seemed to happen without any court orders which normally would have been necessary to allow this to even take place. Now DHS would also need to do three things before taking Ayla and placing her in Justin's care. Three things that were absolutely not done and the protocol was absolutely not followed. So they would need to do one, like first, a home visit, a background check on all the people living inside that home, interviews with other family members, and none of this was done at all. They just took Ayla and gave her, gave her to the father. Maybe if a home visit was conducted, it would have revealed conditions that were not suitable for Ayla to be living in. Maybe if the DHS worker wasn't a relative of Justin's mother, Ayla would not have been taken out of the care of um, Jessica. Also, it's weird that like DHS agreed <clears throat> to remove Ayla from Trista's care, essentially Trista's care, because it was never proven that Ayla was in any danger. From other articles I've read though that aren't on Trista's side, they're saying, well, how do we know Ayla wasn't in any danger? Like Trista had a substance abuse problem, but like, in my opinion, if it's true, if all the, like everything I've read is true, Ayla is coming home from Justin's house with bruises and marks and stuff like that. It's not happening with Trista, at least from what we know. Other people claim, how do you know that Trista wasn't using in front of Ayla? And I mean, we don't know, but as far as we know, Ayla was a well-adjusted, happy, normal girl. So while Trista is in rehab, she finds out that Justin now has custody of Ayla and obviously she freaks out. Soon she checks herself out of rehab and meanwhile Justin... He was living in a partially finished basement, which was like a large single room. And the rest of the house was like upstairs. And that's where the rest of the family lived. While Trista was still in rehab, like the first couple of days, she rang Justin every day to find out how Ayla was and asking to talk to Ayla and essentially like keeping tabs on her. On October 20th, the 
eighth day of Trista's 10 days of rehab, CPS conducted a family team meeting to discuss Ayla. There were three CPS representatives, two doctors, Trista's sister, Jessica, their attorney, and Trista. Justin um, just called in, called in by phone. He wasn't like physically present. And by the end of the meeting, they decided what was going to happen with Ayla. They said Ayla was going to be returned to Trista on October 22nd, as that was the end of Trista's 10-day rehab program. And it was also agreed that Justin would bring Ayla to see Trista on the 21st of October um, to have a visit with Trista. Neither of these things ended up happening. Justin kept Ayla from seeing Trista. Now, in the weeks that followed, Trista apparently called CPS and tried to enforce the agreement that everyone had agreed on. And she wanted help in enforcing this agreement. She wanted Ayla back as promised, but she couldn't get through with CPS she couldn't get anywhere with them so eventually her and Justin I don't know why came to this agreement that he would temporarily keep Ayla and Trista would just get regular visitation but Trista was really concerned about Justin's parenting so now it's been a few days and Ayla is still technically visiting with her dad like temporarily and during this time with um Justin Ayla has an accident and this accident needed Ayla to be seen by doctors at the emergency room. Ayla had broken her arm. So when Trista pressed Justin for answers, he stated that it was raining that night and um, he had Ayla in his arms and as he was walking up on the porch, he like slipped and fell and landed on top of Ayla. So he says that even though she cried when like the incident happened, she seemed fine. So he didn't feel like he needed to do anything and thought she just had like a little injury until the next morning when her arm began swelling so badly that that's when he decided to take her to emergency. This alone like breaks my heart because as a parent, seeing any injury on your child is so upsetting, especially if you weren't there to like witness it. Ooh, it's very upsetting. Now, since Ayla was in Justin's custody, Trista was able to see Ayla just twice and she even hardly spoke to Ayla on the phone because Justin always had an excuse why it couldn't be done. When Trista would call to check on Ayla, Justin would say, oh, Ayla's too busy to come to the phone right now. A 20 month old is too busy to come to the phone. Or he would be like, well, she's watching Home Alone right now, so I don't want to bother her. And Trista was like, are you serious? You're not going to let me talk to my own daughter? And Justin never did. He never provided any reasoning. And that was that. Now on Monday, November 21st, Ayla had had a third doctor's appointment for um, like a checkup on her broken arm and at this visit the doctors were like yep everything's going well Ayla's healing well her arm's healing well and she looks fine and this would be the last day that Trista would get to see Ayla in person she wasn't able to see Ayla again Uh, Justin refused and the last time she spoke to Ayla on the phone was December 8th. And like, really, have you ever spoken to a 20-month-old on the phone? Like, you're not really speaking to them. They're so distracted. You're probably having like a two-second conversation with them, and that's it. So that would be very upsetting. Then on December 15th, Trista was like, I'm done. Enough is enough. So she goes to court and she files custody paperwork for sole custody of Ayla this time. Now she didn't tell Justin this because she didn't want to anger him and she didn't want to keep fighting with him. And she was probably like, let him just find out like when he like gets served the paperwork. But somehow 
somehow Justin finds out. He then sends Trista a threatening text message. And in this text message, he tells her, you're never going to see Ayla again. Then on December 17th, 2011, like two days later, at 8.49 a.m., a call was made to 911. This call was made by a young man who claimed his daughter was missing and that he hadn't seen her that morning in her bed where she normally would be. The call was eventually cut off and then this man calls back. This man's name was Justin Pietro. Now, I don't know if it's like Di Pietro or Pietro. It's, I've seen it both ways. And Justin was disconnected like three times and then he just kept calling back. And then he tells the dispatch like, oh, you know, all my phone batteries are dying and that's why I keep getting like disconnected. He said that the last time anyone had seen Ayla was when he saw her like the night before at 8 p.m. when he put her to bed. And then his sister Alicia had checked on Ayla at around 10 p.m. and she saw Ayla fast asleep in her bed. He said he woke up at around 9 a.m. to go check on Ayla. And that's when he realized that she was missing. The dispatch then asks Justin, well, could Ayla have gotten, you know, out of the crib herself or, you know, did anyone else take her? And Justin was like, no, no, there's no way that that could have happened. There's no way she could have gotten out and no one in the house had taken her out of the bed. She was last seen wearing a green onesie with polka dots and it said, daddy's little princess on the front. So what did Justin think happened to Ayla? His story was that she had been kidnapped by a stranger. Authorities then showed up at Justin's house within eight minutes of that call being made. And at first they believed like, okay, maybe she just like wandered off. So they searched the entire house. The outside of the home was searched. The neighbor's homes were searched, you know, like everywhere. But no Ayla anywhere. So like I said, Justin, he lived in like a partial, partially finished basement when the rest of the family lived upstairs and the home was actually owned by Justin's mother, Phoebe. And that night, Justin was downstairs in the basement with his girlfriend, Courtney, together with Courtney's kid and Alicia and her mother were upstairs in like the main area of the home and Alicia's son was staying with Alicia that night too. I also read that Alicia's kid normally slept with Ayla together in the same room. But for some reason that night, Alicia's kid slept with Alicia in her own bedroom. And then Ayla was put into that room by herself where she slept alone for the night. And that night, Justin's mother, Phoebe, was apparently not home that night either. So that's 8 p.m. slash 10 p.m. where Ayla was left completely alone until 9 a.m. That's 11 to 13 hours alone. Now I've read in some places where people are like, how can you leave a child alone in a room that long? And yeah, that's kind of true. I agree and I disagree. If there was a baby monitor with video and sound playing, I can understand how you leave a baby sleeping that long. I feel like that's kind of normal. Like my son goes down at like 7, 8 p.m. and like wakes up at like 8 a.m. That's a full 12 hours. Now there has never been a night where I don't check on him at least a couple times in the video and his room is like right next to my room so I can hear him if anything. But for the first two years of his life, like I had his baby monitor on full like video mode every night right by my bedside, like every night for the first two years, like always. So I could see him constantly. Now, if Ayla had no video monitoring and no sound monitoring either, I feel like that is strange. It's weird because she's only 20 months and I mean, he's not really like, 
you know, been in her life, Justin, for the longest time. So maybe he didn't know any better. Maybe that was normal for him. But like, I don't know. Yes. It, yes, I agree. That's weird. Okay. But maybe he didn't know how to parent really. Police, um, they search the home for signs of a break-in. There was none. Search dogs were then brought in to like comb the neighborhood, but there was no scent of Ayla anywhere. And Trista, she learned about Ayla being missing when authorities came to her home in Portland, like where her where she lived with her parents, to report her missing. But Trista, in fact, wasn't at home. She was actually driving to northern Maine to visit her boyfriend who was in prison at the time. He recently like became an inmate due to an arson conviction. So her parents call her and she immediately like returns home. Trista already said she knew it was bad, but she was just having faith that, you know, they were going to find Ayla. And she was just hoping that Ayla maybe like wandered off and like a stranger had her and was just going to return her safely back to Trista. Trista and her family went into full blown panic mode, like searching for Ayla, whereas Justin and his family kind of like retreated and went into hiding mode, staying away from the press and media, at least in the beginning. By the next day, December 18th, the police basically came out and stated that they don't believe that Ayla just wandered off. Like, that doesn't make sense to them. First, the temperatures in Maine were like single digits. Secondly, Ayla was only 20 months old. She had probably only just started to walk around that time. And then secondly, her arm was broken. How would this little girl manage to get up and leave the house without anyone noticing? So now suspicion is first cast on Trista because did she just come and kidnap her child? She had just filed for custody against Justin and then suddenly you know Ayla's missing but then when officers you know look at her cell phone locations they can see that she had driven like she was on her way driving to Waterford and she claims that she, when she was actually on the highway driving north she was passing Justin's house and she wanted to stop by on the way back from visiting her boyfriend to see Ayla and she was planning on doing this because she missed Ayla so badly and she didn't know how long these custody you know situations would take that same day however justin's girlfriend courtney and his sister alicia are brought in for questioning too and on december 19th police take in justin's car and alicia's car in for evidence nothing is like released as to why these cars were taken in but you know, most likely it was just to search for evidence so now obviously it becomes clear that police do not think that Ayla had just wandered off and that they believe that something happened at the home. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Toddlers have a hard time walking on their own, let alone just like jumping out of their crib and like walking across, you know, the freaking house and leaving the house. Like it just doesn't make sense. And also was her bedroom door shut? Because if it was, could she reach the door handle? Like it just like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Also, why is the text message that Justin sent to Trista not like major motive here you know in a sense it kind of was because now suspicion moves from Trista over onto Justin and his family on December 20th uh Trista and her family hold a prayer vigil for baby Ayla that same day a nearby creek like near Justin's home is searched and drained and they found nothing and then on December 22nd the home of Justin has now like crime scene tape around it and Justin and his family are told to vacate the home for it to be searched properly. Trista, her son and her mom were all staying in a motel like nearby and police had told the family to just give them space so they can conduct their investigation 
and find out what happened. So Tristan and her family had like they couldn't do anything but just like sit and wait. However, on day three, December 19th, the FBI was brought in to investigate the crime. Between all the different agencies involved, 75 people were searching for Ayla, 25 alone were from the warden's service, and the cars that were seized from the DiPietro's homes were Justin's and the girlfriend Courtney's. So not only did they take their house, they also took their cars. They obviously found something and found reason enough to do so. Now the news of missing Ayla like spread like wildfire. Local newspapers even picked up the story on day one and Trista sat down for interviews with all the news stations to help find Ayla. Later on that week it was picked up by the NBC Today show which is like huge. I believe it's like the largest morning show and it has like five million viewers and the amount of media and news coverage on this case was overwhelming. Now Trista was all on this. Whatever news outlet media, anything, was letting her speak on Ayla's disappearance. She was out there speaking on Ayla's disappearance. She was trying to get help and coverage of Ayla's case, hoping that these efforts were going to result in Ayla being found. Trista was working with allies and support groups to organize vigils, walks, you know, like memorials for Ayla. News cameras were always present. It gave you know, journalists and media, just something to report on constantly. And this was a good thing because it kept the story on the front page and on, you know, people's minds. Trista's perseverance and media presence was like constant. And even though she physically couldn't participate in the searches for Ayla, she helped indirectly by keeping everyone's focus on this case. Everyone wanted to bring Ayla home. And Justin, on the other hand, was super quiet. He didn't even speak to Trista, like since everything happened. So Justin, um, released his first statement to the media only on day four and he made a pretty long statement so I'll read it to you guys. He said, I have no idea what happened to Ayla or who is responsible. I will not make accusations or insinuations towards anyone until the police have been able to prove who's responsible for this. We will do everything we can to assist in this investigation and get Ayla back home. I have shared every piece of information with the police. Ayla was in my sole custody at the time of her disappearance per agreement between her mother and me because she was unable to care for Ayla. It has always been my intention to have a shared parenting arrangement with Ayla's mother and I will continue to work towards that even when Ayla is returned to us. So he believes that, you know, someone had just taken her and she was going to be found and returned safely. Now there's been a lot of public speculation as to what happened to Ayla and I feel like when these cases involve children, toddlers, people get angry. At the end of December, now Ayla hasn't been found. So police at this point release a statement saying that they do believe it's foul play and they begin to expand their search. They don't only look in that nearby creek, they look at this big park and then they look behind dumpsters, fitness centers, nightclubs, and you know, this comfort in a hotel, but they find nothing. Then a neighbor comes forward and he says on the night of Ayla's disappearance, he heard a lot of commotion coming from his neighbor's home at around 3 to 3.30 a.m. It was loud enough to cause his dog to keep barking and to wake him up. Then when he looked outside the window, he sees a car running, like as in the car was on. And this neighbor ended up being Justin. And it was Justin's car that was running on the night that this neighbor claims that there was a bit of a disturbance and some noise. So as time goes on, Ayla's not found. A lot of people, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. A lot of people um, start to point fingers at Justin and his family. However, you know, there was no evidence to prove that they had done, any done anything. 
at least not yet. And that is um, until two years after Alias disappearance that Trista decides to drop this bombshell and she releases this information on a website that was created for Ayla to help find her. So it had been two years since Ayla's missing now. I mean, realistically, they're not going to find her, are they? It's a slim chance. She says that shortly after the police search Justin's home, Trista and her family are taken in by the police and brought into a room. In this room, the police show them dozens of photos, crime scene photos, and forensic analyst reports in the home of Justin and in his SUV, they found blood. They found blood in several places. They found blood in the living room, in the basement where Justin slept. There was blood splatter on Justin's wall in the basement, a really large blood stain on his mattress, like five centimeters by five centimeters, which is huge. There was blood on Justin's shoes and they found this blue tote like handbag with blood on it. Inside that same blue tote was a sheet which also had blood on it. In Justin's vehicle and in Ayla's car seat, they also found blood droplets together with vomit. All of it was positively identified as belonging to Ayla. And altogether it amounted to like over a cup of blood, which is a lot of blood for a 20 month old baby to lose. So apparently, like when this information was given to Trista and her family, they told Trista, please keep this information quiet because we want to find out what happened. But after two years of no answers, Trista was like, I'm done. I have to share this information. They figured, let's just let the public know about it, because now after two years, the police were like definitely foul play involved. And we believe we are now looking for a body. So Justin's family continued to stay relatively quiet, but they spoke out like every now and again. Their excuse for all that blood and vomit. They stated that Ayla was lactose intolerant and sometimes she would vomit blood and that's likely what the blood was from. Blood, pure blood, because of lactose intolerance. Like Trista pushed for the police to file, you know, charges against the family, Justin's family and Justin, obviously, for abuse and neglect. But the police were like, just wait, just wait. We'd rather just charge them with murder. And I'm like, why not just charge them with both? In 2013, um, Trista confronts Justin at a courthouse because he had been avoiding her this whole time. And why was he at court? Because he was there for a domestic violence charge against his girlfriend, Courtney. The same Courtney who was with him um, at home the night that Ayla vanished. Courtney has still never publicly spoken about what happened that night. In 2017, the court declared Ayla to be deceased, declaring that there was possibly little to no chance that she was alive. And in 2018, Trista files a wrongful death lawsuit against Justin. This was postponed as they couldn't actually find Justin to serve him. Then they found Justin in California and that's when they were finally able to serve him. And then with COVID and everything, like everything just ended up moving super slowly. Trista's lawyer is actually working pro bono and hoping to raise funds so that they can hire the right like experts and analysts for the trial that they hope to prove that Justin is responsible. So they do have a GoFundMe. I will link it down below if you would like to support them. I know I don't have a huge following, but you know, if we can even donate a couple bucks, I feel like it's still helpful. In March, 2022, just now, Justin's lawyer actually argues that their claims against him are baseless and they're also past the statute of limitations. Ayla's body has still not been found till date, And no one has been held accountable for her disappearance till date. I mean, what? Like, this is a 20-month-old baby. A girl that was in the care of her father, someone who she was normally not in the care of. And when she was in this person's care, there was blood found all over the house. Shoes, sheets, car seats, 
car, which turns out to be the blood of the missing child, and yet there is not enough evidence to charge Justin. What is going on? I mean, we have seen people being held accountable with much less evidence, much, much less evidence. It's her freaking blood. What? I mean, I don't know what's going on, but if they had arrested Justin, Courtney, Phoebe, you know, Alicia, the, the sister, I feel like even just arresting them just to make them sweat it out, maybe someone would have cracked and told the truth. Someone knows what happened. This doesn't make sense. You went to check on Ayla in the morning. Did you notice the blood splattered on the walls or... Was the blood splatter just like there for decoration from all her lactose intolerance? I understand vomit in the car, kids get sick, but blood in the vomit, blood droplets, like what, she's just spraying blood everywhere and you're not going to take her to the hospital for a lactose intolerance thing? I also read that um, the blood, like the pattern, the spray pattern that it was in, it could have been her like vomiting blood, like pure blood, like spraying it on the walls. That's why it had that spray pattern. And that it could be from blunt force trauma or trauma from injuries where she was coughing up blood, not from lactose intolerance. I'm confused by the way that this case is handled too. There are so many interviews of Trista and her father, Ron, out there. I mean, her father, her father Ron, seems like such a sweet grandfather and he seems truly, truly distraught over Ayla missing. I could go on and on about this case, but what I truly hope is that Ayla is found, like more so to get justice for her because hopefully, I mean, look, we all know that she's most likely not alive and hopefully her body has some evidence on it to show what happened and to hold the person who did it to her accountable. So I hope she is found, but as a mom, I also know I wouldn't want to see that. Like, I don't know if I want to see my, I, I didn't, I didn't want to say the words, so I don't want to put that into the universe. So thank you, Amy, again for this case suggestion. It is so frustrating when it involves children and yeah, I just hope justice can be served. And yeah, if you guys want to support, I will link the GoFundMe in the description. So let me know your thoughts on today's case, guys, and I will see you in the next one. Besitos. Bye.